Blog Talk Radio. Anyone want coffee? Hello, fellow book writers and caffeine fiends. Welcome to A Daily Cup of Joe, where you'll get to hear from publishing industry pros and affirm your inner bookworm. Hi, everybody. Happy Wednesday evening. We're back with a second edition of A Daily Cup of Joe. We figured you'd love it around here so much we'd give you more. As you know, Wednesdays are discussions with attendees of Utopia who've had revelations while at the conference, those writers who've been moved by the event to do more, be more, and accomplish things they never considered before attending. I'm author Joe Michaels of the Joe Michaels blog, and I'm your host. Tonight, I have the one and only BJ Sheldon with me. I met BJ in 2014, and we had the most awesome 80s dance-off you've ever seen. She won that round, but we've made it a tradition, and our fun in 2015 was so much fun, it was criminal. BJ was on the first team to win the Utopia Lip Sync competition, too. To top all that, she's also an award-winning author. Yeah, to say she's talented is an understatement. Her titles include Haunting, Imprint, and Inevitable. Books one through three of the Dusty Chronicles, and the upcoming Hear the Crickets, book one of the Giverum series. You can find links to those and her website in the description of the show. We'll be talking about BJ's intro into writing, where her motto of be ceaseless comes from, her UtopiaCon revelations, and we might just touch on her books. If you're ready, grab a cup of Joe and let's get to it. Hi, BJ. How are you this evening? I am fabulous. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Even better now that I get to talk to the fabulous BJ. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Yes, ma'am. I adore you so much. You just have no idea. So I love this question. I heart your face. Oh, me too. Okay. Okay. Sorry, we're gushing. People don't want to listen to us gush. Okay. Okay. We're not going to gush anymore. Okay. Okay. All right. So I love this question. I mean, the name of the show is A Daily Cup of Joe, and I use it to kind of break the ice. So how do you take your coffee if you drink it? Oh, I drink it. Um, in the morning, I just take it I take it black. I used to do creamer, but I now do the sugar-free coffee syrups, usually French vanilla, caramel, sometimes hazelnut if I'm, you know, feeling, you know, spunky. But they don't have any calories, and I've been trying to lose weight, so I had to find ways to cut back. So it's not the same as a caramel macchiato, but it works so you're the second guest today that I've had, single day, that take their coffee absolutely black, which yeah. is kind of But crazy. i got to have that little touch of that, that sugar-free syrup because I, I can't do it black, black. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I take my coffee like I take my men, sweet and white. All right, so that's <laughs> the questions that I have for you here. Um, first on our list is what revelations did you have while you were at Utopia? Um, I think this last year was um, kind of a big one for me where I realized that I had been constantly kind of getting in my own way. Um, you know, you you want to do more, you want to be more, and you, you want to um, be the best that you can be, but there's always that little voice in the back of your head that says, well, you know, what if you fail? 
well, you know, it, it, you know, sometimes it, it takes money to do things like this and, oh, you know, it, it, constantly making excuses for why you're not where you want to be. And I think that was one of my big revelations, I think, this year, mm-hmm. was I needed to stop getting in my way. I needed to stop um, allowing that introvertedness uh, that I have, that I tend to have, I can have, um, and, and stop hiding behind that and really just kind of embrace life and embrace other people and um, allow myself to succeed. I think that was a big one for me this year. Oh, that's awesome. Um, this year you got up on open mic, I remember that, on Sunday, and you described yourself as an introverted extrovert. So one more You remember time. that, huh? Yeah, I do. I remember everything. I, I have a photographic uh, and situational memory. Um, so <laughs> um, you said you were an introverted extrovert. So for all listeners out there, give us a little definition of, of that. What do you? What did you mean by that? Well, I mean, uh, look, I, I grew up. Um, base, I grew up on stage. Essentially, I you know I have I have absolutely no problem being on on a stage performing in front of people, talking to a whole bunch of people in front of me, stick a podium in front of me, put a microphone in my hand, I'm great. Um, You know, but the moment you stick me in the middle of a group of people, whether I know them really well or not, um, I tend to have to fight that urge to run off to a corner and just hide and hope nobody looks at me. My husband jokes that, if I could find somebody to do all of my grocery shopping and all of my shopping and and all that, I would never leave my house. Um, so I, I just I, I prefer to be at home. I prefer to be alone. And I think a lot of writers are introverts in that aspect. You know, we we don't mind being alone. It's it's how we do some of our best work. But for me, um, I'm an introverted extrovert in the way that. You know, I, I prefer to be alone, but if I if I have to, I can be extremely extroverted. I can be social. I can get up on stage and I can win a lip sync contest, which Lord <laughs> knows that was the moment of utopia this year. Um, <laughs> boy, it's a whole other conversation. Yeah, we're um, going to talk about but, it. <laughs> oh, Lord, heaven have mercy. Um but you know, I I can do what I need to do. I, I am an introverted extrovert, and and I would I would prefer to sit way in the back row, and and hope that nobody looks at me. But you know, what it comes down to is you're not you're, you're not going to build your tribe that way. You're not going to make friends that way. You're not going to meet the people who are going to be important to your future that way. You're not going to meet other people like you that way. You have to. Be brave and get up and, and, and move from the back to the front. You can't always be – it's okay to be introverted, but there's a time and a place for it. When I'm when I'm writing, I'm in my writing cave or whatever, that's the time and place for it. But otherwise, I, you know, I've had to learn how to kind of embrace that extroverted side of myself a little bit more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally yeah. agree with you there. Um, being an yeah. introvert, there's a place for that, definitely. And um, like you, if I could have somebody else go buy my groceries, I would. I would stay in the house all the time. <laughs> so my husband's good for me. He does drag me out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. i got to get mine to do that here pretty soon because I'm going a little stir crazy. <laughs> so you mentioned, you mentioned that this year at the conference, you, you realized that you were getting in your own way. 
So what was the event or the specific time during the conference that caused you to sit back and be like, oh, this is me and I'm, I'm doing this to myself? What was that? Uh, well, I think I think part of it happened a little before the con. I think I was on a phone call with the, you know, incomparable Janet Wallace, mm-hmm. um, and she she's got kind of a way of kind of kicking you in, you know, the buttocks, yeah. and basically telling you what you don't necessarily want to hear but you need to hear. And that was kind of one of those things where where she had told me that, and I was like, yeah, yeah, but. I think probably within the first gosh, first couple of hours, I think I had gotten there and, you know, I, I got to the hotel and I said hello to everybody and there were still a lot of people there that that even for me, I, I kind of fangirl over and I'm intimidated by. And I'm standing there waiting to check into my hotel room and looking around at all these people in the lobby and I'm thinking to myself going, well, what's the difference between the people they're talking to and me, and the difference is, is those people put themselves out there. They are being social. They are, um, you know, they're building their tribe. And for me, that was kind of the thing where I went, huh, you know what? This year it's going to be different. I am going to put all of my effort into being more social, into being more outgoing and, and taking risks. And that was a big one for me, walking up to people that I thought were rock stars that are just extremely intimidating to me and walking up going, hey, how's it going? And just having a normal conversation. And the weird thing was is they were having a conversation right back. And the weirder thing was is they knew who I was. So, you know, all this time I'd been holding myself back thinking I was like this little wallflower that nobody knew and, you know, that, didn't deserve to even be breathing the same air as people like, you know, uh, Shelly yeah. Crane and Amy Bartle and Heather Lyons and Joe Michaels, you know, all these people. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are incredible women. <laughs> they are. And, you know, and I, they were always very intimidating to me. And then I realized, well, it's, you know, that's me. That's not them. You know, I'm the one that, have, that has, you know, put them on this, uh, this, not really a pedestal, but have put them up in that rock star status, but they don't even see themselves that way. So, it was nice finally just letting go of that fear that I had of the unknown and the fear of being um, somewhat extroverted and being outgoing and realizing that, you know, I these people know who I am. These people actually enjoyed, I think they did, uh, mm-hmm. talking to me. Um, and I learned a lot this year by actually opening myself up and actually having conversations with these people. I, you know, we had some of the keynote speakers, and for the first time ever, I actually sat and, like, walked up and had conversations, and mm-hmm. they were so gracious, and they were so open about advice and, you know, talking about the book industry, and it was just amazing. So, yeah, this, I would say just within the first couple of hours after I walked in, and I just had a whole, I'm like, enough is enough, and that was it. That's amazing. Right there in the lobby, huh? Woo! Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> It's the vibe, isn't it? It kind of gets into it your soul and tickles you, and you're like, yeah, yeah. do that again. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Did you do any of the panels this year? Were you able to get to any of those? Uh, I did get to a lot of them. I actually had my own panel uh, this year. I had um, I was the moderator of a panel that had the, oh, my God, total fangirl, breathe the same air as Lauren Miller. I was yeah. – and, and, oh, and 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 Shanda Hahn and Hope Collier. So yeah, I had all three of them on my panel. Um, 
and we talked about why YA matters, and it was absolutely awesome. I just I wanted to tackle hug Lauren Miller, but I was afraid she'd you know take out a restraining order against me afterwards. So I tried to play it really cool, but I think I failed. I don't know. But, well, that's that's yeah. okay. She's actually very down to earth. She wouldn't have minded the tackle hug. So if you see her again, yeah. <laughs> definitely yes. Just knock her I, right I'm going to let her know that you said that. That Joe Michael says it's okay for me to tackle hug her the next time I see her. So please, I'm going to tweet that later. Yes. Tackle hug Lauren Miller. <laughs> there you go. Out to there the you masses. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So yeah, I had my own I had my own panel this year and it was really awesome. I'm really passionate about the whole, you know, the YA thing and I did manage to make it to some of the other uh some of the other panels and stuff. So yeah, it was good. I remember you wrote a blog post about um young adult and the main characters and how their parents were involved or not involved, how absent parents were uh, frequent in YA and why that was. That was a really good blog post. So anybody who's anybody who's listening, definitely go to BJ's site and check out that blog post because it will give you a whole new insight into YA, which is awesome. I love that post. It was just so smack full of everything that mattered. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. You know, I was yeah. a teenager once, so I, you know, I kind of channel some of that sometimes, so. Yeah. Right, and since we're not that old, uh, we, you know, we have to in touch with our <laughs> teenage roots there. Sorry, I have dust coming out of my lungs. Right. Me I'm too. so old. Okay. So how many years have you been to Utopia? Uh, this last year was my third year. I started going the second year it, that Utopia was there. Um, I actually had to kind of get dragged kicking and screaming uh, that first year. But, yeah, this was my third year, so this coming year will be my fourth fourth year. Oh wow, that's really incredible. Yeah. So from the first conference to this this one, the one that we just attended recently, um how many members would you say you've added to your personal tribe? Um all of them? <laughs> <laughs> it, I don't know, like you know, hundreds? I would say so. You know, it's 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 kind of funny because the moment I told myself to stop getting in my own way and to allow people to really get to know me, and to um, really understand, um, you know, who I am, where I've come from, how far I've come. Once they started allowing people to see that side of me, a lot of people started jumping on on that bandwagon. And um, it, it, I don't think it was necessarily intentional um, that people were drawn to the ceaseless uh, thing, um, you know, I have the whole be ceaseless uh, mm-hmm. kind of a campaign that I have going, um, and I, it was just something that kind of happened. And I think the more people got to know about me and and everything, I think they all realized that well, you know, if, if BJ can can do what she's done with what's been handed to her, anything is possible. And I think a lot of people have kind of embraced that and said you know what, if she can do it, I can do it. And mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of where the tribe has come from. And I've, and I, and I never take that for granted, not for one stinking second. I don't take that for granted. I know there's a lot of people um, who are really struggling with, you know, just trying to get their foot in the door in the publishing industry mm-hmm. or doubting themselves as they're trying to write thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, they, they've gone through and they're trying to edit their book and they're like, Oh, the whole book is just crap. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, I mean, and we all do it. Um, yeah. So, but it's it's the whole 
it's that whole lift as you climb vibe that that utopia is so good at that and that really I, I think that really kind of instilled in me that will to really you know the the the, the better things are going for me and and the, the more opportunities and the doors that have opened for me i want to make sure that i'm lifting others with me as you know as i'm climbing so that i would say you know i've 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 added quite a few people. I'd say I'd say hundreds. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, but definitely, there's there's a handful of of people that um, I've kind of dragged along with me. I think that are you know probably a, a, you know my inner tribe probably a little bit more. But I would like to think that everybody's in my tribe. I, I, I like everybody. I love Attention. them all. Yes, with BJ, you will not be lifted as she climbs. You will be jerked along, dragging, begging and kicking and screaming because she won't let with you sit those, down. Yep. Yeah. No, 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 no. You so, will not give up. That's that's not something I will allow you to do, no. I know, that's the second time I've heard you mention your, oh, I mentioned it the first time, but that's the second time BC's list has come up. So oh. tell us a little bit about that. Where does that come from? What does it mean? How can people use it? Well, you know, and, and I think I think some of it started with me just knowing that, like I said, Janet was kind of kicking me in the butt and, and had said that, you know, I think you just kind of get in your own way. Mm-hmm. And I, I had kind of thought about that, and it just so happened that my two youngest daughters um, were having a conversation one night, and I wasn't privy to the conversation until after. Um, my youngest minion had told me about it after the fact. And they were playing that game of basically where you know, well, if you could des- if you could describe me, if a song title could describe me, what song title would that be? And they were going back and forth, and they were being funny and snarky, and then they were actually being real. And and then the youngest minion asked my 17 year old, well, you know, what about mom? What what song describes mom? Hmm. And I, then I'm I'm lo- I've got it lost right now, but keep on keeping on, and I can't remember who sings it right now off the top of my head, but it plays on repeat on my on my uh, <laughs> on my song on my play playlist. Um, but it's called Keep On Keeping On, and it literally is a song about how you know this kid, you know, his whole life he had all these obstacles in front of him, and he had big dreams for himself one day, and dreamt that one day his dad would never have to work and he was going to be really successful and he watched his parents struggle and all of this stuff. But yet, you know, he'd get knocked down. He just got right back up again. Every time he'd get knocked down, he got back up. And to my 17-year-old, that was the song that described me. And, you know, just to kind of give you a little bit of my past, you know, I, I found myself, you know, in my 20s, divorced with, you know, with two little girls at the time, and, you know, basically didn't really have a whole lot of money. I was trying to work full-time, go to school full-time. I even had a part-time job on the weekends. It was very hard to make ends meet. I got remarried. Um, we had another daughter, and we both ended up losing our jobs at one point, and we ended up having to let go of a house. We had to let go of one of the cars. We almost ended up homeless twice. Oof. It was about a four-month period where we had no hot water. So I would, for the girls, I would boil water on the stove and put it in the tub for them to take baths and wash their hair and all this stuff. And, you know, it it was rough for a while. And, you know, kind of flashed, you know, fast forward. Things are good now and things are really good now. But there is that past. And I always worried. And, and it really did bother me for the longest time that my girls were going to look at that and think, our mom was a failure. Our mom had all this stuff that happened and, you know, mom kind of failed and we have all these, these childhood memories of all of this stuff that happened. 
And that really bothered me. But Mm -hmm. when they told me about this song, and I even talked to her about it afterwards, she literally told me, she said, Mom, you've been knocked down in life so many times, but you keep getting back up and you just keep charging forward. And that's why I said that song. And that meant so much to me that that word ceaseless popped into my head and I couldn't get rid of the word. And I finally told myself that enough is enough and I I have to look at myself as someone who is unstoppable. I have to tell myself that. Nobody else is going to tell me that. Nobody else can tell me that, you know, that what I can and cannot do. That is all me. Yep. No more listening to other people saying, well, those are crazy dreams. You're never going to achieve them. No more, you know, me getting in my own way. So I went down to the tattoo shop down on the street from my house, and I had the word ceaseless tattooed on my forearm as a constant reminder to myself daily that I am in charge of my life, that I can be unstoppable if I want to be, and it's also a reminder of how my kids see me. They don't see me as a failure. They see me as somebody who has had failure, faced them in the face, you know, right there, and I, I just walked right past. I just kept going. And so that's that's where that be ceaseless comes from. And, and I did start kind of like this, you know, hashtag of be ceaseless and, I use it to remind people of the same exact thing, that they they do not need to be giving up on their dreams. You're going to get knocked down. Life's going to knock you down. But it's up to you. Nobody else can pick you up and dust you off. That is your job, and you need to get up, dust yourself off, face the world, and do it again. And and that's, that's what I've done, and that's what I try to motivate people to do, kind of pull a Janet Wallace and kind of kick people in the butt in a nice way and say, you know what, you got this. Stop doubting yourself. Just be ceaseless, and that's kind of where all that comes from. Oh, that's I'm going awesome. to make that a thing. Pull a Janet Wallace. I just made that a thing. Hashtag <laughs> that. Hashtag it. Hashtag. Okay, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Hashtag pull a Janet Wallace. I like it. Yes. Pull a Janet we'll make, Wallace. We'll make it a yes. thing. Um, all right. <laughs> I literally got chills whenever you were just talking about your daughter and how she told you that you were such an inspiration to her. That, that's awesome. Would you say that that Thanks. would be how you would define success? Like, do you to think me, you hit that success, and is that it? You know, I would say back in 2009 when I first started writing, success meant, you know, getting a big, you know, getting like a big five, big six publishing deal from someone in, you know, New York City and, you know, getting a mo- getting movie rights and, and just being able to write for a living and having a nice house and having nice cars. Back in 2009, that's what I would have told you that to me success meant. Let's flash forward to 2015. Mm-hmm. That stuff's nice, and, and it's still a dream. It would still be nice to have, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but success to me is is being a good role model, having people see me in a positive light, somebody that they can look at as a role model, Some and, and that my children look at me as a role model. My children look to me and go, you know what? I have dreams for myself, and my mom followed hers, and she succeeded. Therefore, I can do the same thing. And for me, if my children, all three of my daughters, go on in life and do exactly what they want to do and do what they love and do exactly what they want to be, to me, that's going to be when I'm successful. So I got a little ways to go, but, you know. They're getting older, so. Baby, I think you're well on your way. That story just <laughs> nailed it down. Yes, ma'am. So yeah. um, I know I, I know we were going to 
hit on this. So, uh, you know, my definition of success might be winning the lip sync contest at Utopia. (laughs) (laughs) So your team won. And how how did it feel to, like – I still don't know how that happened, to be honest. I mean, I – Because you were awesome. (laughs) We paid everybody off in the audience. We paid them all off. Oh, my um, goodness. (laughs) Just kidding. You're speaking out. Sorry. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I it it was a last minute thing. They had lost um, uh, Crystal and Maggie had lost some members of their team at the last minute, and they somebody had mentioned, and I want to say I want to say it was Stacy Wilson. So I'm going to blame her. Um, <laughs> yeah, Stacy, I'm girl. totally blaming Stacy, and I think she said, "Get BJ to do it. BJ will do it. Go ask BJ to fill in." So Crystal came to me, and she's like, please, please, please do it, please. And I'm like, oh, dear God. And I looked at her, and I said, you know what? And these are the exact words. I said, you know what? This year is all about saying yes. So, (laughs) sure. And that's what I told her. I'm like, time was, I would have told you no, but this year it's all about saying yes, so why not? And then I was like, the next day I was like, can I get out of this? How can I get out of this? I can't get out of this. I can't do that to them. So, we kind of knew the songs that we were going to do, but that was the extent of it, really. There wasn't a whole lot of rehearsal time, and it was just sort of like, Barb, go up there and just be cool. And so that's kind of, that's kind of what I did. did. You did. You rocked it. It In was awesome. six-inch gold heels, I might add. Uh, yes, Not bad for shoes are always fabulous. Your shoes are always yeah. fabulous. I love them. I got to I gotta compete with Carlisle and, and, and Chelsea Fine, <laughs> you know. I got to compete with those two, so. Right. So... Oh. <laughs> We have we have about four minutes here left. Oh my gosh! Okay, I told you thirty minutes flies by. So, um, you have a release coming out in January, which I would I do, love I for everybody to know a little bit more about. Tell us a little bit about here are the crickets. Okay, here are the crickets is actually um, I have a brand new publisher. I signed a three book deal uh, with them, and it's going to be for the Gaborum series. Uh, the first book, Here the Crickets, comes out uh, the first week of January. I'm very excited. We're going to do a big cover reveal sometime in November. Um, it is a young adult supernatural thriller, I guess is where you want to, kind of want to put it. And it's all about kind of a, a she's a suicidal freak um, <laughs> with wings is what she is. Um, but she's immortal. And it's all about uh, fallen angels. It's basically if you took the book of Enoch, you know, and Enoch was the great-grandfather, I think it was, of of Noah, and he wrote this story about how the angels fell and, and you know, were, were bound and buried below the earth, you know, to, to be punished by God. Uh-huh. What if those fallen angels were actually buried here on earth? And what if somebody tried to, you know, tried to find them? So that's kind of where the whole story is, is, you know, sky is this, freak with wings who can't die and she has to figure out how to follow her destiny and that's the that'll be book one coming in january that's awesome i can hear a lot of young adults like really getting into that and being like you know what this book changed my life (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh your lips god's ears that'd be great (laughs) oh yes ma'am so um what are you most looking forward to that's going to happen in 2016 I get to tackle hug a whole bunch of people at Utopia next year. Um, I'm hoping to hit some more um, conferences next year. I'm looking at possibly Vegas. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a couple other options to go out and 
And uh, I'm also planning a big writer's retreat uh, in October here in my wonderful state of South Dakota to kind of give people a chance to get away and get some writing done and be selfish for me and actually get to spend time with some of my writer friends. So, <laughs> I saw yep. that on Facebook. I'm so jelly. Yep. Uh-huh. You need to come. <laughs> well, you know, October is school season, so I don't know. I will, I will see what I can do, Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed having you. You were an amazing guest. I love your story. Aww, your story is thank just, you. It's inspiring. It really So, everybody out there, be sure and check Miss Sheldon out on the web via the link in the show description, and be sure and tune in next week for another edition of A Daily Cup of Joe. I really appreciate y'all coming by to listen to my little chats with my author buddies. So until next time, may your coffee be hot and your stories be fantastical.